Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you, Fighter Extra. Well, myself, Adi Oladipo, and Gareth A. Davis will be discussing all the latest from the world of combat sports today. We'll discuss the big fights from the weekend, including Joshua Boazzi's knockout win over Daniel Dos Santos and Jason Conan's stunning victory against the heavily favoured Gamal Yafaya. Plus, the big news that we've a date now for AJ versus Fury. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Got to get this done and maybe one or two oh, more. Lovely right hand. Whoa. And it followed up. And that's good night. It is all over in a split second. Oh, that? Down he goes. Down he goes. And is he going to get up? A body shot. It's a body shot that's done it, I think. And I don't think he's getting up. Well, it's all over right here in the opening round. Well, what about that? And Kongsong is on the floor, writhing in apparent agony. Hey there, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. Got some massive news for you all, guys. I've just got off the phone from Prince Khalid of Saudi Arabia. Um, he told me this fight's a 100% hunt. Uh, August 14th, 2021, summertime. All eyes of the world will be on the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And I cannot wait, repeat, cannot wait to smash Anthony Joshua on the biggest stage of all times. This is going to be the biggest sporting event ever to grace the planet Earth. You heard the voice there of the Gypsy King, the lineal heavyweight champ, the WBC champ, Tyson Fury, confirming what we've all been waiting for 
that the fight is on August 14th, Saudi Arabia. Let's bring in the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth, uh, can we start booking tickets and holiday? Oh, 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 is that now 100% done? Not quite yet, Taddy. I don't want to burst all the balloons. But what we're actually hearing is Tyson Fury putting his name to the fight. Mm. That his side is agreeing to the fight. The contracts are being looked at today, I understand, from his side. But that assurance from Prince Khalid has given him uh, the things that he needed to know. So to all intents and purposes, we're on. But let's not jinx it. But we can get excited about it, but let's not jinx it. When do we think we will get um, an announcement? I mean, we've, we've heard from Fury, nothing from AJ. Eddie Hearn's been saying August 14th for a long time. Do you think we possibly will get an announcement this week? Um, I do, but I think it will be probably at the weekend. They'll want to align everything. Tyson Fury basically couldn't hold back his excitement, I think, <laughs> uh, being uh, getting a call from Prince Khalid saying, look, we're answering all your conditions. Don't worry. It's been the celebration, the religious period of Eid. We're, we're over it. We've got the contract ready. Bob Arum and Frank Warren are looking at it tomorrow. Your lawyers will all be happy. And I think, I suspect it will be all the different parties align then. We'll obviously get little bits leaked out. I don't think Anthony Joshua will be able to hold back in a couple of days' time. Yeah. But he is a less is more man, isn't he? So um, in that respect, he only puts stuff out when it's very, very significant. Um, I expect five or six days. And I think that I, I suspect we'll also, Eddie, have a, have a world media tour to sell the fight because, you know, there, there's... It's a bit, it's a global fight. I don't know if it's the biggest event ever on the planet, as Tyson Fury was saying, <laughs> but I know, but you know what he means. Yeah, we, we, we certainly do. Um, is the f August fourteenth date, uh, Gareth, significant just because of Rob McCracken, the Olympics, the Olympics end on August eighth? So is that the reason they've moved moved it to August fourteenth as opposed to what they were maybe talking about before August seventh? Well, I mean, if if the Fury side of the deal were being attritional, they would have been looking for the seventh or or, or the you know the, or the thirty first or whatever it is. Yeah, the thirty first, mm. because they wouldn't have wanted Rob McCracken there. So you know, obviously, they're not too concerned, and they maybe want the best AJ possible. So you know, exactly, Rob McCracken um, gets to be there. Um, you know, after the Olympics, he's not going to be there for a couple of significant weeks. Um, in the interim, yeah, um, he'll be going. He'll be heading out. You know, a good week or two before with the team, or ten days before, or maybe he won't. That's a, go a good story to be following, and that's a story that you know, obviously, people like myself will be trying to sort the narrative out on that one because obviously he'll stay with Anthony Joshua till he goes with the team. He may not even go to the Olympics. I think he will. Yeah, but at least he will be there on the night. This is a guy that's been around him for. 12 years in his corner remember so it's still very significant even though tony sims was training anthony joshua at one point there was still great guidance from rob uh, mccracken but you know the, the the thing is about the date it helps um anthony joshua but what i'm concerned about about the date addy is can they build an indoor stadium in time uh, for August the 14th. Can they build an indoor stadium in 12 and a half weeks? That's crazy. That's what I've got to worry about, you know? Yeah, no, you and such a good point you make, Gareth. I mean, look, they built uh, an outdoor uh, arena, kind of. Uh, can we call it an arena? The last time AJ fought in Saudi Arabia. Now they're talking about an inside, inside venue in 12 weeks. I mean, it almost sounds impossible. Well, it does. I mean, look, the, the first stadium uh, in two, December 2019 was a pop-up 
um, stadium. You know, yeah. it's scaffolding, it's 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 a ring, it's an arena, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that and it, and it you know and it deflates again, or it doesn't deflate. It's not an, it's not um, deflatable arena, but but it's taken apart again. This one, and I suspect what we're going to get, rather like Fight Island uh, with the UFC on Yas Island is a giant tent. That's what I imagine. It's going to be scaffolding seating, the bleachers, uh, the arena, and I imagine that it's going to have to be a tent with air conditioning. I may be wrong on this. I don't know the details in the contract, but I cannot see them actually building from scratch a stadium in that time with a roof. So, look, it's going to probably have air conditioning in there um, that'll be blowing cold air, it was boiling, everyone told me, the one on Yas Island for the UFC. Mm. Um, so, you know, it remains to be seen how they do it. But the great thing is there's there's brilliant ambition here to get this over the line. And they wanted to get it over the line for um, August the 14th. I'll go into this a bit more in the next section. But they wanted to get over the line because these guys need to fight twice this year. Yeah. It's all good news, frankly. Yeah, and that's what we want to hear, right? All good news indeed. I mean, look, look, if we can get two fights, I mean, I'm just happy with one. If we can get another in December, then, I mean, that's like winning the lottery ticket. Uh, I'll quickly talk about the fights on the weekend. Joshua Boatsy, we haven't seen him in the ring for quite a while. He's back now with a new training set up, obviously managed by Virgil Hunter from Andre Ward, Namir Khan trainer. Um, how do you think he looked in that win against Los Santos? Well, he looks brilliant. And, you know, they're a great partnership. I know Virgil very well. He's a formidable uh, man. He's mm. a formidable coach. He had some very formidable pupils, um, not least Andre Ward from the age of 10, which speaks volumes. You know, he finished the sport undefeated, a gold medalist and the number one pound for pound in the world. Um, so Virgil's got great credentials. Um, it was fascinating watching him with Amir Khan in the past, yeah. uh, in that brief period. Um, Virgil used to pull his hair out. In fact, he hasn't got any hair, so he used to pat himself <laughs> on the head about Amir Khan a lot. But he's got a brilliant gym. I've been there many sides, many times in the Bay Area. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but you've got that whole Bay Area and San Francisco around. It's a brilliant place to be based for, for Joshua Boazzi. Um On the boxing front... Yeah, he looked very focused and very dangerous. Mm. And it was, a, it was a horrifically brutal knockout. But my problem was, um, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Addy, that Daniel Dos Santos, Daniel's Blender Dos Santos, had a terrible record, even though he was 15-0. and 0. Yeah. His last eight fights, all his opponents had losing records. So, you know, he, he didn't look like he wanted to be. And they had two MMA takedowns, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He's had two takedowns. <laughs> He actually properly got <laughs> double leg takedowns twice. Unbelievable. So, and, and so something wasn't right with him and he was terribly emotional afterwards. I, I was screaming on fight night on Saturday night, this guy's got to go to hospital yeah. because there's no, something not right with him. So um, overall, you know, you can't fault what Joshua Boatsy's done, but he does need those intermediate opponents now between... Dos Santos and I know Eddie Hearn was trying to defend it after us but I don't agree with him between Dos Santos and the likes of you know Callum Johnson mm. and um, Anthony Yard and um, all those guys in that area and then of course Dimitri Bivol, Arta Baturbiev and those kind of guys because you know let's let's be honest there's a there's a real possibility that if Joshua Boazzi develops like I fully expect him to, he's a brilliant size for the weight. He doesn't cut much weight. He's got great skills already. He could fight Canelo in a couple of years' time. 
at light heavyweight. That you is know? very, yeah, honestly, that is very, very interesting. Let's quickly uh, listen to what Joshua Boatsy had to say after the fight. I showed I was going to the body. I thought, nope, not body next time. And it was to the head. I wanted to make sure the job was done. Um, like I said, I, sh I looked downstairs. I came to the corner. V said, look downstairs and hit upstairs. Look upstairs and hit downstairs. I chose the first one. I looked um, downstairs and I thought, nah, we're going on top. Um, and it landed. But like I said, I hope he's okay. Yeah, he was. Well, he didn't look okay after the fight. I mean, I even saw uh, images of Joshua Boatsy in his changing room after the fight, and he was almost very emotional as well, Dos Santos. Um, look, Gareth, I, I sometimes I feel like we are we are quick to rush people in this country. Like, yeah, you get a couple of good wins, and then you chuck him in a world title fight. I almost feel like it's the complete opposite with Boatsy, in terms of like um, they're moving him at a, a slower pace. I think this opponent was was a lot worse than his previous opponent. So I think they've almost gone backwards a bit. I don't care what the record says about his opponent. Like what you said, I mean, you go delve into the record a bit more deeper and his opponent hasn't fought anyone. I'm with you. I, I like the idea of a domestic fight. There's some good domestic light heavies now before we even talk about what's at the world scene. Craig Richards has put himself out there after yeah. a good performance now against Bivol. You mentioned Callum Johnson, Anthony Yard, Lyndon Arthur. There are good domestic fights to make for him now. No, I agree. Lyndon Arthur, um, like you say, Craig Richards. I mean, I spoke to Joshua last week and I was saying that Craig Richards put up a really good fight against Dimitri Bivol. I was there, of course, on the night in Manchester. And he said, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Um, you know, what was it like? I said, you know, he. I don't think Bivol was completely stretched, but Craig put up a great performance. It was a great learning fight for him and he'll know at that level what he needs to do the next time. Um, but I, yeah, like you say... Um, those are the fights that he needs now. And, and, and he kind of had that eye of the tiger about him when I was mentioning Craig Richards. Mm. So, like you say, it, it's, it's absolutely right. I mean, it, I don't care what anyone says. You look at um, Dos Santos's record and his last eight wins are against guys. Some of them got horrific losing, lo loss-win records. Horrific. Yeah. And all eight of them have got more losses than they have wins. And, and he wasn't capable of stretching... Um, Joshua Boatsy by by any means he does need to step up a little bit I don't think um, I don't think they're going to hold him back much longer he wants to be active three or four times this year he wants to be on the Saudi Arabia card I think he should be on it Agreed. Time to test him indeed. And, and like what Gareth said, there are good good fights over here to test him with. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. We're here. Remember, every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. All right, up next, very, very special guest joining us as we'll be chatting AJ versus Fury. AJ. I'm gonna punch your head in, you big dog. He's a warm-up act, but ultimately my job's to close the show. Deontay Wilder, who's been down, who's been absolutely pummeled, and the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is a winner in Las Vegas. Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. Tyson Fury has done the remarkable. Signed the contracts to fight. We had to present them on the last Sunday with the offers that we've had. Everybody agreed on this particular offer. I know that we keep saying this every week. Are oh, we going to get news next week? But yeah. Eddie said yesterday 
we're there. And he said, if I don't announce it next week, then we have got problems. That's the, so that's how that's how the conversation finished. I've just got off the phone from Prince Khalid of Saudi Arabia. Um, he told me this fight's a 100% hot. Uh, August 14th, 2021, summertime. All eyes of the world will be on the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. All eyes indeed will be on the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Let's let's welcome in a man now that knows a lot about winning titles, former British and Commonwealth heavyweight champion, uh, David Price joins Fighter Extra now. David, honestly, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we talk AJ Fury, David, what, what's going on with yourself? We haven't seen you in the ring since that uh, fight against Derek Chisora way back in October 2019. I know you've not hung up the gloves. I know you haven't. What's going on? Uh, firstly, thank, thanks for having me on. Um, do you know what? I was, since the Chisora fight, I, I got pretty much straight back into training not long after it. Mm. Then I got a bit picked up with a, a shoulder injury early in 2020, and obviously the pandemic had struck and there was a lot of uncertainty. And, it, and in that time, I took a bit of time out, um, I'm probably drifted into a bit of a, a bad shape, really, yeah. for my usual self. Not on not over the top, but for the last six to eight weeks, I've been I've been back in training, but I'm not training to fight, so to speak. But I'm getting myself in a position where you know, and I can make an informed decision about about my future when the time comes, um, instead of like peeling myself off the couch and. You know, trying to go for the run and pulling a muscle because I'm too heavy or out of shape. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, men, you know, mentally and physically. Boxing at the minute, though, I'm enjoying it from the outside of the ropes. I'll be honest, and mm. it can't. It, it, it's like the same with the footy. I'm watching boxing without fans. It's not really exciting me. Um, and the thought of boxing in that environment isn't really something exciting to me. Now, if I was up and coming and trying to make a name for myself and you know, trying to find my way in the sport, then obviously, yeah. But as it stands, I'm in a bit of a, like, oh, I'll take it all even at the minute. That, that's just how I feel at the minute. But not, under, not, not officially made any decisions yet. Mm. D- David, good afternoon. It's Gareth. It's great to hear you, Yo, um, I've got to say. You too, Gareth. Um, look, we none of us have done too much for 15 months, let's not remember, you know. And let's not forget, because... And, and very few fighters have, have been very active. I mean, I'm... Apart from the likes of Saul Canelo Alvarez, the number one pound for pound in the sport, yeah, who fought yeah, three yeah. times in 140 days, you know, yeah. I, I, Tyson Fury's about to go into the biggest fight of his life from 20 months out, you know, and yeah. and so we we you know, you're what are you 37 now? 37, nearly 38. Yeah, so um, you know, uh, the clock's ticking for me personally. But yeah, I see what you're saying, Gareth. It has been it's been the same for everyone, and I think the priority has been with the top the top names, and obviously the top prospects who who need to keep the momentum going as they march towards bigger things. So the likes of myself, who's a bit of a you know a, a, maybe a chief support act on certain shows, or you know a good undercard filler. That's where it, where it's ended up at the minute for myself. Then. I'm not. I'm not the number one on anyone's list. But when? So when you're not the, pushing um, for Saudi Arabia on August the 14th, then you slumbering giant. <laughs> Why is they going to? They probably make that a big heavyweight show, won't they? That's a thought. So, yeah. so you know, you're in the prime of your life. All heavyweights are in the prime of their lives at 37 to 38. 
you know, yeah, you, yeah. you're on that. You'll be on that kangaroo meet again soon, and you'll be bouncing you're, everywhere. <laughs> you're, you're talking me into this year, Gareth. You know, let's, let's I am. move on. <laughs> no, you're right. No, but he's got you're a good right. point, David. He's got a good point, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, look, for you, you don't want to come out and fight. You know, one of these young kids trying to get a name for themselves by beating David Price. You want to have a big yeah. fight against someone where if you win, it means something. Right, where either the next step's a European title shot or the next stop's a fringe world title. I mean, you look at someone like... I was watching Manuel Char the other day against Lovejoy. Yeah. Wouldn't you go in there with Manuel Char? No, 100%. 100%. Um, but they're, they're the opportunities that don't really come knocking for me. Um, mm. For whatever reason, it may, may be a risk-reward thing for, for, for whoever's looking to make the fight. You know, it's, it's David Price, you know. Yeah. He, he he can you know he's lost seven times, but he's also a big puncher and he's dangerous and well skilled fighter and on his day can compete with with the best of them. So probably can knock out Anthony people. Joshua. Yeah, yeah, easy, day, yeah. easy. Once upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you make about the big fight? Um, look, there was a long time ago where everyone thought it was going to be you versus Tyson Fury, right? That was the big fight between two yeah. unbeaten British heavyweights. Obviously, Tyson Fury has gone on, and look, you said it yourself there, you've had your losses. Would you make of this matchup when you see it stylistically, AJ Fury? You know what? It's so intriguing. We were talking about it earlier on in the gym. It's it's got us talking already, and it's it's one of them where one day you're leaning towards one fighter, and the next day you're leaning towards the other. It's 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 a great fight. Um, I think I think Anthony Joshua is being written off a, a lot too easily by a lot of people in this fight. Oh, and they're looking into the Andy Ruiz fight too much when you know we're all allowed a, a bad day at the office. Tyson Fury's had bad days at the office where he's got through the skin of his teeth. You know where he's fought John McDermott earlier in his career and got got a, got what many seen as a lucky decision. He got off the floor against. You know, middle of the road fighters who shouldn't have even been landing punches on him at the time. But what he's done Steve since Cunningham, is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it's well, Steve Cunningham, you, um, the Pavich, the the Canadian mm. fella, mm. Uh, Nevin Package, mm. I think his name was. He had him over mm. in a Commonwealth title fight, and it looked like he was heading towards a bit a bit of a disaster at one point. But he changed everything up and fantastically well. But I just think Anthony Joshua's improving all the time. Um, you know, fantastic work ethic. They both got that. But going off Joshua's last two fights, I think he's in with a better shout than what people are giving him credit for. Because he was great in the second Rubis fight, boxed towards us, and he boxed the way he wanted to. And, and I think he, when he's saying he could have stepped it up at any time, I think he really could have and got Rubis out of there. But it wouldn't have proved what he was trying to prove. But I think the Pulev in particular, that was a great win. You know, people people see the likes of Kubrat Pulev as an Eastern European who doesn't speak great English, so they can't really relate to him as a person. And they just get dismissed as like a European, uh, you know, a European challenger. But that that Kubrat Pulev is a, is a um, Olympian for a start. Yeah. Medals at multiple amateur tournaments that I went to, I sparred him before the Beijing Olympics and quite a bit as a pro. And, I've sparred with a lot of good fighters, and I always thought Pulev was like a real, a real problem for whoever he fought. And when Joshua dealt with him the way he did, I, I thought, right, Joshua's like still getting better again here. So you were impressed, David. Yeah, yeah. you were impressed. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed. So, I was so, impressed. so, yeah. are you seeing 
we we know what Fury is. He's very present in a fight, and we know what style yeah. he's going to bring, and we know that he can attack if he wants to because we've seen that he gambled against Wilder and it worked brilliant for him. But what you're saying is you think Joshua's closing the gap from what you're describing. He's been closing I, the gap I over the so. last year and a half. And f- when I Fury hasn't fought. Exactly that, exactly that. And, he, and you know, I think Joshua's probably mentally fresher as, as a fighter because mm. he hasn't mm. been boxing for as long. Tyson Fury's been doing it since he was God knows how old. And, you know, I, I think fresh, maybe a bit mentally fresher. Um, I think Joshua's best chance is obviously mid to close range because if, if they were boxing each other at range, Tyson Fury would just win all day. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Joshua's major power punches seem to be the shorter bent arm punches, the uppercuts, the left hooks. That's where he's at his most explosive. So it's going to be a matter of him trying to close the gap. And when he does get there, not allowing Fury to tie him up because Fury's brilliant at uh, negating people closing the gap and using his weight to lean on them. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a real battle of you know tactics really, um, and who, who can stay the most disciplined throughout the fight and stick to their game plan for as long we're, as we're, possible. You're, you're fascinating both of us today, Addy and I can see each other, and we're jumping in. Who wants to go next? <laughs> and, and and no, it's brilliant, David. So so because what about then? Um, does you say that <clears throat> mid to late mid to mid to close range? Has Joshua in this fight got to get on Fury's case early and not let him settle behind the jab then? I think so. I think Joshua's got to turn it into a bit of a, uh, not so much a dogfight, but he's got to use edu- educated pressure. And, and you know, Fury, Fury showed in his last fight against Wilder the way he can go on the attack and be more aggressive. I think Joshua's a much more clinical puncher than Deontay Wilder. He's yeah, more yeah. crisp puncher and, ac- and accurate. Um, and I think defensively, he's better than Wilder. I just think he's better than Wilder all, all round, to be honest. Um, Wilder's only punch he was looking for against Fury was the, the big right hand, whereas Joshua's got more more to his arsenal. You know? um, so he needs to use educated pressure and, and not react to Tyson Fury's feints and jerkiness as much because Joshua does react to, to people's uh, feints. He, he will react to them so Fury will faint. Joshua will put his hands up and before you know it, it's like like a fighting match and it's going on and on and then that's when it'll turn into Fury's fight and he'll pick the points up. Joshua needs to be a little bit cold and not reactive as much as, as um, he has been in the past and then try and close that gap, I think. Just before you go, David, um, look, we, we've all grown up in an era when Americans dominated sort of heavyweight boxing, then the Klitschko's did it. Yes, we had Lennox Lewis and Frank Bruno for periods in there. We can't forget them. But how big is this for British boxing? We've got two Brits fighting for all the marbles. Like, literally every single belt on the line, two Brits going at it. I thought I would never see it. Same. Same, to be honest. It, it, it's amazing. It's major, isn't it? And it's just... Um, it's just a great reflection on, on British boxing as a whole. But, you know, you've got to take your hat off to the two men who, who, who are making it happen. Uh, Joshua and Fiori both dedicated their lives to the sport and gone all the way. And, and you know, the, it's amazing. And it, it's only going to grow bigger off the back of it, I think. Pricey, this is my little talk up to you now, Nia. Get the mojo yeah. back. I need you back. <laughs> we we want. Listen, you're a guy who I think you pipped Tyson Fury to the Olympic Games 
at the end of the day, remember? Yeah. Yeah? yeah You're the guy yeah, that I took did, the yeah. place in the amateurs that he wanted. You're the, you were the man in possession. We yeah. need you back. We want you thanks, back. Garrett. We'd love Thank you, you back, mate. Uh, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Warms the cockles in my heart, that does. One <laughs> more big one, Pricey. One more big one. Indeed. That's it. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Great to speak top to you, Pricey. Top form you're on, mate. Absolute top Thank form. Great to speak to David Price, the former British and Commonwealth heavyweight champion. Look, come on, one more. Right, right. Why not in Saudi Arabia? Why not after that? Maybe even in the rematch with AJ and Fury, possibly in December. Why not? All right, you'll listen to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, they can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. Up next, we're proving the big fight coming up, Josh Taylor's upcoming fight. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down he goes. And is he going to get up? It's a body shot that's done it, I think. And I don't think he's getting up. Well, it's all over right here in the opening round. Well, what about that? And Kong Song is on the floor, writhing in apparent agony. Final extra here on TalkSport 2 of myself, Andy Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis as well. I mean, look, the, the big fights keep on coming. They really do. But this is a big one. This is all the marbles. This is everything. Jose Ramirez, unbeaten, 26-0. Take some Josh Taylor, unbeaten, 17-0. That, that's what you want. You want that, right? And Gareth, look, you've been speaking to Josh Taylor, and we're going to play out uh, your interview with him. I, I, I'm almost a bit upset that uh, maybe this is just me having a moan. You know, I do have a moan sometimes on the show. Like, I almost feel like this should be given way more press, this fight. I mean, this is everything, right? I mean, again, they've beaten everyone. This is to tell who is 100% numero uno 
140 pounds. And you look at Canelo Billy Joe Saunas on the weekend and what that was, the magnitude of it. And then you look at this. And I get mm. Canelo's the, the superstar and the, the biggest name in, in boxing, but come on, they, they, they've got to have a bit more. This is a phenomenal trade fight mm. between two guys who are both undefeated, as you say, for all the marbles at what I call light welterweight, because I'm old-fashioned, you'll <laughs> call it super lightweight, 140 pounds, 10 stone fighters. Naturally, they'd be 12 stone men walking around, but they're 10 stone fighters. It's an incredibly exciting division. There's massive narratives be behind both of these men as well. Josh Taylor, the Tartan Tornado, is a brilliant fighter looking to do what no Scotsman has done for almost 50 years since Ken Buchanan was a, a world and undisputed lightweight champion, a great hero in Scottish sport. Jose Ramirez, part of his community in, in the Central Valley in California. He's, he's, he's into water projects where people are very poor, where, where the where the immigrants have come over and they've crossed the border and they're working in the fields. He's very strong on his own community to the point where he doesn't do kind of media work as a result. There's a great narrative, like you say. It's, it's not even, it's not on Sky, it's not on BT Sport, it's on Fight TV yeah. here for us to watch in the UK. So, you know, it's important that people know that. It should get more um, credence. Yeah. It's a trade fight in many ways. And like you say, they're both in their prime as well. It hasn't helped that the pandemic again has squeezed this. I spoke to Josh, as you know, um, but I've spoken to him a couple of times while he's been in Vegas. We've seen him in, with the trappings in his fast car and in his mansion and mm. with his team running and using Tyson Fury for a, for a body bag the other yeah, day, yeah. a punch bag, all that fun. But the problem is there aren't four and a half, five thousand Scots in Vegas following him at the moment. That would have generated a lot of noise. And I think it suffered, Eddie, for that for some reason as well. Yeah, but it's it still a great fight. Oh, no, look, still an absolutely fantastic fight. We're going to talk more about that fight. But first, though, I want to uh, play out the interview when you spoke to Josh Taylor and you asked him about the difficulties he's had to face in travelling to America. They hit us with, like, I think it was about four or five days before we were supposed to travel over. Um, they hit us with... Oh, you might have to go to Mexico. You're going to have to go to Mexico and quarantine in Mexico for two weeks. Um, and then jump on a plane again, come to a different time zone again to Vegas and adjust again two weeks before the fight. And uh, I just says, absolutely no way. He says, if you're making me do that, put the fight back, the fight's off. You know, it was... Um, mm. um, so you would have pulled the fight if that had been the case. You would have pulled yeah, 100%, it, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Four weeks before the biggest fight of my life. Um, unification fight, having to travel to Mexico. Um, a different time zone get used to the food get used to the heat over there and get settled in and then two weeks pack my case again jump on a plane again and up to Vegas and settle in again and all that and then and then settle in for a week and then jump into the bubble and then go and settle in the, in the bubble again it would just it would just be absolutely a nightmare I said no way this is the biggest fight in my life um, and uh, you know I spoke to top rank and the guys got it sorted out um, Fair play. They got they got their they got their working hats on and they they did the work and they, they pulled out the stops what they needed to do and we were able to get over there which was uh, fantastic. Do you um, feel the sense of history in this fight as well? A lot of people have said it and will have said it to you. You know, you will become the first Scotsman since Ken Buchanan to become an undisputed champion. It's a historic mm -hmm. moment for you in lots of ways. Is that something that 
is inside you when you think about it, that it motivates you more, that, that, that you can create history with victory on Saturday nights? It's, it's a massive motivator, you know, because it's a chance for me to achieve greatness. You know, it's, it's a chance for me to really, really cement my name in the history books and, and leave a legacy in the sport as one of Britain's best boxers, you know, um, as, as an undisputed four-belt champion. I'll be the first person in Britain to do it first person in Scotland to do it and then be the first Scotsman um, to be undisputed champion since Ken Buchanan as well and it's just a, it is a, a massive massive uh, history piece uh, to be made you know so there is fire in my stomach to to make sure that I win this fight and, and really cement my name in the history books and uh, leave leave my mark leave my leave my mark in place in the world when I'm long and gone The Totten Tornado there uh, Josh Taylor speaking to Gareth a. Davis. Um, look, Gareth, this is going to be uh, something special. He's rise, Josh Taylor, in the last... Like, I remember the O'Hara-Davis fight, where a lot of people were giving O'Hara-Davis a chance. And I, I don't mean to laugh when I say that, but it's true. I remember in the lead-up to it, I mean, the way in which he dealt with O'Hara-Davis and then literally has gone through and through and through fighters. I mean, Victor Postal's been in there. Baranchik has been in there. You know, Progray has been in there. He's literally gone up a level every single time. But this is the acid test now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. I think Regis Progre was a was a massive test. I mean, I think I think that's why they can go into this fight. Uh, he and obviously Ben Davison he's working with now, mm. um, uh, not um, Shane not McGuigan. Uh, Shane McGuigan. So um, it very much so. This like, when you look at that that run he had, he's he's, he's number nine pound for pound uh, with the uh, the Ring magazine for a reason. In in that you know you you look at his. Opponents: Postol, Ryan Martin, Ivan Baranchik, uh, Regis Progre, uh, Opinion Consung. You go through all of those. Winston Campos, even. Yeah. Um, Miguel Vasquez. You go all the way back down. He's his five opponents at one point were 110 wins and one loss, <laughs> and so and, and he beat them all. Yeah. And 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 I think the World Boxing Super Series for him was such a sensational success. The majority decision win, really, mm. on the 26th of October 2019, before the world, six months before the world went mad, at the O2 Arena, was the moment where people realised that Josh Taylor wasn't just world level, he could really go to that next, next yeah. level, which is elite. Ramirez is undefeated, he believes... He's very rugged. Mm. He only fights in the same style. Josh Taylor's very versatile. He's a southpaw. He can fight. He can box. He's stubborn. He's a proper stubborn Scot. He's got a massive opportunity. And I think he wins this fight comfortably on points. Ooh, I really do. That's I, the next I, question. That was going to be yeah. my next question very quickly. Like, who, who do you favour in this one? Because a lot of people have said it's a 50-50 fight. I guess you speak to Americans and they look, they're going to favour Ramirez. I fully understand. But you think he wins it comfortably on points? I do. I think he'll get. I think he'll get ahead in the fight. I think he's been out there long enough. I think he's 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 got a very smart trainer, a very smart coach in Ben Davison. They'll have the right game plan. Ben's a great intellectual uh, on the sport now. I know how hard they've worked in camp. I've visited them. They're just down the road from me, about half an hour away, uh, just inside Harlow, um, and I think they're very comfortable in Las Vegas. It doesn't matter to Bob Arum, the promoter who wins, because he promotes both of them. The great shame about this fight, and I am going to try and get there on the weekend and present fight night from there. If I can get there, I'll do fight night from there, is that 
there's no crowd. And that's such a shame. And it reflects what you were saying earlier on. Who you got? Josh Taylor. Can't go against Josh Taylor. Another thing that really is upsetting as well, look, it's going to be on Fight TV, so we can watch it, which is good. The fact that this is not on BT Sports, maybe even Channel 5 picking it up, disappointing. Honestly, again, that adds to the further disappointment, but it doesn't take away from what will be an absolutely fantastic fight. Again, I like to say this term, all the marbles. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember here, every Monday afternoon, discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. Up next, we'll be chatting UFC 262. A standing ovation for the athletes here in Houston as round two gets underway. Chandler working off of that jab early. here on TalkSport 2 of myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. I love the UFC commentators because all they do is say, oh, every time something happens, no one gives you a breakdown of what is going on apart from, oh, but the O was for what was a crazy, crazy two rounds between uh, Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. Uh, UFC 262 is in the book. Charles Oliveira, Gareth, is your new lightweight champion. I mean, what a crazy fight. That, that could have gone anywhere, that fight. Honestly, Chandler had his, his spots in the first round. Oliveira came back. Then again in the second round, Chanda has these spots, but then Oliveira just almost just looks too big for the weight. How did he make 145? Looks too big for 155. Yeah, he did. It was 155, remember? So, um, but he, he, listen, he's got a very long, lean frame. Yeah. Um, it was a, look, both men going into that fight, the face offs, uh, the way they dealt with each other, their self belief. Um, Michael Chandler's feeling he was destined. Yeah. Uh, to come there and do this, that he'd been in Bellator for all those years, a three-time champion. Um, Charles de Bronx. God, I remember when he was like a kid years ago, and he, when, when he used to walk around with his glasses on in fight week a decade ago, Eddie, <laughs> and you would just think, this guy's like one of those passive-aggressive kind of jiu-jitsu guys who shouldn't... Yeah, go and do the mat stuff, get into a fight outside a bar and kind of like twist a few people up into a parcel and leave them there, you know, for the, <laughs> but, but don't fight with the toughest in the UFC. But every time I saw the guy through his wins and his losses still there. And I'll tell you, there was a major outpouring for him, mm. not just from Brazilian fans, but fellow media people, Anahisa, uh, who's a, a, been covering the sport for years, who works on global TV over there. And, I'm like, I saw comments from her. She, I saw videos of her screaming with delight because Brazil's needed this. Yeah. Bellator's got some Brazilian yeah, champions. Yeah. The UFC needed Brazil to rise again. And I think the popularity of his honesty and his sacrifice and his dedication will go a really long way. Michael Chandler, he'll come to fight another day and get another opportunity. Because you saw that story from Dana White. I, the kid got on the phone to me and, and he impressed me so much. White said, they, he's told his people, give him what he wants, sign him up. And that was a great main event. They they met head on mm. and it could have ended five or six times one way or the other. I thought it was fascinating. It, it was fascinating. It's crazy when you talk about 
Brazil needing a UFC champion because you forget how much they dominated sort of top five, ten years ago, how many champions they had, right? And now struggling. I mean, you look at apart from what Amanda Nunes has carried it really for the last few years. They, they've struggled to find anyone. Um, is there... Uh, look, this is not taking anything away from Charles Oliveira because I think he's a, he's a fascinating champion, but it reminds me a bit of when John Jones was out in DC, had the light heavyweight belt, and everyone was like, okay, you got the heavyweight belt, light heavyweight belt, but John Jones is out there. Dustin Poirier, um, you know, Justin Gaethje. Oliveira's got the belt, but is it difficult to consider him the number one in the division? No, not at all. Listen, the king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> it's always been the way. It's always been the way. And, you know, um, Khabib Nurmagomedov was the king. He vacated the throne. Yeah, Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor, yeah. who it be. Look, Conor McGregor would love to come back. I like the idea of Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler in a striking match. Mm. That would have been amazing. But Charles de Bronx, to give him his ring, the cage sobriquet, I think he's a worthy champion because of the ups and downs. But like you say, there is Gaethje there knocking around. There could be Dustin Poirier if he beats Conor McGregor. It could be Conor McGregor. Um, but it was a great card overall, I thought. And there were lots of storylines to come out of it. You know? Yeah, one of the biggest storylines was um, Tony Ferguson, who I know you know personally. And it's just sad to see sort of the way this has ended with Tony Ferguson uh, getting beat by uh, Darius there. Um you don't last long in the UFC anymore, do you, in MMA? I mean, Tony Ferguson, a couple of years ago, we were begging for the Khabib fight. Everyone thought he was the man to beat Khabib. He's had three losses back-to-back -back now, and you just feel like, is this the end for Tony Ferguson? Well, but for a start, I think we've got to give great credit to Benil Dariush, who yeah. started in the lefty stance, got his um, hands and kicks going brilliantly, um, and just Tony doesn't seem to have any timing or kind of... He's got the self-belief that he won't submit, that he, he's got that resilience in him and the mm. stubbornness. Mm. But the, 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 the snap, the, 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 the virile energy that won him fights where he could transition really quickly, get out of trouble, and then bang, hit people back, doesn't seem to be there. It may have gone forever, as you say. He's 3-0 and at the moment in his last... In, in losses, mm. in his last three fights. But who knows? I mean... He's the kind of guy that will want a couple more to really know whether he's done or not. But the thing is, I, I think I take the point that you were just saying, and I think we saw it in Jacare Souza's fight as well, where he got his arm broken, he got beaten by the younger man, that this is not a long 15 or 20-year career that, show, that some other Brazilians like Shogun Hua... Um, um, Leota Machida still in the UFC Anderson si in, 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 in MMA but with Bellator Anderson Silva now having boxing matches it's not a long career we're not going to see UFC fighters go into their 40s anymore like or late 30s I went to see Randy Couture fight at 54 for God's sake is that because Gareth that it's evolving so quick 48 all I the mean time. sorry 48 yeah, yeah. Is it, that it's it evolving is? All, it is it's evolving all the time I think the young fighters, they learn the rounded game so much quicker now. They're just so much more evolved. And we're talking about elite guys just being taken out. Mm, we are talking about elite guys. Uh, what we have got coming up, though, um, UFC 263, very quickly, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. It's supposed to be on this card. And I felt this card missed a bit, didn't it? And no disrespect to the headliners and the co-main events. It missed. It needed that, that, that superstar on it. And Nate Diaz is that. He gets, a, he gets a bit of a longer a longer break now. He fights Leon Edwards very quickly. How do you think that plays out? 
Oh, it's a fascinating fight. That one of what I was laughing about when you said that just then. For us, when we're watching here, that extra fight keeps you awake uh, a bit more for an hour, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> rather than sometimes falling asleep. You know, which we do because it's four in the morning. It's a brilliant fight for Leon Edwards. It's come at the right time for me. This is a fight where he really announced himself because. Nate and Nick Diaz, both brothers, are superstars. This is the moment for Leon Edwards, pound for pound number one in the UK and MMA, to shine. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.